Blog Talk Radio. All right. How are you? How are you? How are you? What's up, everyone? This is your host, Shiloha, also known as El Mayad, on Blog Talk Radio. I am the host of the Nine Mind Sacred Sisterhood Cosmic Frequency Blog Talk Radio podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to tell the story of the North American-born black woman. Our story has not been told. And when black men choose to give the history of ex-black slaves here in America, somehow black women either get left out or we get, um, you know, shown in a very bad light or in a very bad way. We were betrayers. We linked up with the white man. We linked up with the, you know, all types of misinformation about our plight over here. So I created this platform to, to encourage as well as implore black women born of North American bloodline. And our story is very different from other, other people's story, um, uh, black uh, people in other colonies. So that's why it's so important that um, our story gets put out there because um, because oftentimes um, black women's voices have been silenced and black men um, have, have been allowed to do all the, the talking. They don't want a matriarchy. They want a gynocracy. Okay, let me stop this for a second. I'll get back to that because we're going to talk about that. So our voices have been silenced, and at first I thought maybe, well, you know, black women um, just weren't outspoken, but, I mean, you can go back even during the civil rights. You got Shirley Chisholm. You got Fannie Lou Hamer. You got um, Rosa Parks. And there were many, many other women who did Speak out. Uh, you had uh, Elaine Brown of the Black Panthers, and I have come since to find out that somehow our role in the self-determination of black people, the ex-descendants of slaves, has been cleverly and 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 um, clandestinely stamped out uh, for the purpose of not having our story told. So um, I have encouraged black women to tell our story, and of course. Um, since we've been telling our story, it has really created um, a gender war, and it's been a war of whose version of our history is more accurate, who had more pain, who did the most betraying, who was the best coon, who was the bad wench and the mammy and all the mudslinging, and oh my goodness, it has really, really gotten outrageous, okay? So, um... Let me uh, greet the sisterhood, greetings, nine my sacred sisterhood, clan, peace, prosperity, protection, and most of all, wisdom be upon we and those we love. Oh, well, here we go again. Black men of the black manosphere, black woman hater brotherhood, otherwise affectionately known as B-G-S-I-B-M-O-R, don't, don't ask me what that is, I don't know what those letters stand for, on YouTube, have once again come up with some irrational excuse for why the black descendants of slaves and our black families and relationships are in such bad shape that it has created what is now being defined as the 21st century black 
male and female gender wars. Yes, we are in full gender wars. So now if we recognize are we at war, the answer is yes. The next question is why are we at war? And now what you have to get to is the disgruntlements, the disagreements, uh, who betrayed who, who abandoned who, who did what to who. And so the black men are oftentimes trying to paint themselves as the heroes, that they didn't do anything wrong, and that somehow enslaved black women who have been treated as nothing more than property. We went from the property of being the white man's property for three, four, five hundred years or however many years they claimed this slavery over here lasted to being the property of beast-like black men. Because you have to realize that three, four hundred years of being treated like a non-human beast and then you turn black women over to Black men who were not ever being treated as men, they were being treated as beasts. You want us to believe that black men somehow were treating all black women respectfully and nicely? I promise you that is not the true history. Black women have been getting abused since slavery, since after slavery, since Emancipation Proclamation, after Emancipation Proclamation, during Jim Crow, during every hell that the black man has been put through, he put the black woman and her progeny through it as well. That's right. When black men catch hell, he's going to have to unleash that hell on somebody, and we know he's never unleashed it on white men. He's not going to unleash it on white daddy. He's never unleashed it on on white women unless he's pimping her. That's how he unleashes hell on white women. He pimps her and dogs her out. But since white women were brought over here to be prostitutes and whore, you know, is that really a punishment? You know, you pimping out a nymphomaniac, a, a woman whose history over in America was she was brought over here to be a whore's, for men, that ain't really a punishment. But the black man likes to think, and he likes to tell us, oh, I'm punishing that white bitch, that, that cave beast bitch. I'm punishing her. It, it, it's not a punishment when she just loves to suck cock and she loves to be a whore. It's not a punishment. No, but you can't tell the black man that. So anywho, let's go to this word called genocracy. The name of the show is What the Help Me is Genocracy. What is it? So I went and looked it up because I never heard of it before I came across this video on YouTube. It says, genocracy is a form of rule that is imposed on the man by the woman. Normally, it's, it is authoritarian. And then it says, release me from your oppressive genocracy, vile woman. So I say, sigh, clear his throat, eye roll, smirk, and sigh. So, um... That's what Jean, I think, uh, Gyn, I don't know if it's pronounced Jen or Gyn. Gyn, It's probably gynocracy because it's like the first part of it is like gynecology and and, and stuff like that. So it's probably gynocracy. So I might be wrong in saying genocracy. So I think it's gynocracy. So forgive me if I made that mistake. I'm, I'm correcting it now. 
So I put up the video, um, and this is going to be more than one part. So I've got part one to do because I'm going to have to take my time with this. I'm going to have to really take my time. So I put the YouTube video that um, I got this, um, this, this word off of, and uh, the person that put it up, and then uh, to back that up, there's this wonderful, beautiful chocolate sister on uh, YouTube uh, that I have so much respect for. And her name is Faith, um, let me find her. There's a Faith, uh, let me see, let me see, let me see. Okay, hold on. Oh, Faith Jones. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay, Faith Jones. So please go to her YouTube channel. Just type in her name. Go to her, her YouTube channel. But to um, to counteract, um, let me see, release from, okay, uh, we're drafted. Okay, okay. So I put that up. Um, so, I'm, I'm, so I put those two YouTube links up because, I wanted to point out that Faith uh, Jones, she brought the receipts not only on uh, uh, black feminist, the black feminist movement of the 1970s when black men were drafted. Now, understand that the Vietnam War started in, I think, the 1950s. Now, this war lasted 20 years, people. So black men fresh out of Jim Crow, fresh out of Jim Crow and being the only bread earners for an impoverished, emancipated black slave population who were not given 40 acres and a mule. They were given no land, no money, no farm equipment, nothing. Okay? This, this, this is it. So they called that freedom. This is what black men says, we were free. That someone released you from chattel slavery, promised you 40 acres and a mule, didn't give it to you, so left you uh, uh, having to stay on the very property of the plantation owners who didn't want you to be free or emancipated in the in the first place. So I simply point out that the Emancipation Proclamation was not true freedom. All it was was a proclamation telling white plantation owners, listen, you cannot call these people your property. Now, can you still treat them like your property? Yes, yes, you can still treat them like your property. You can still cheat them. You can still exploit them. Just You just can't go around saying, you slaves is my property. That That's all the Emancipation Proclamation was. It did not free black men or black women, okay? So I need to point that out because some, somewhere black men do not stress that. So as a black woman, and the, I'm talking about my female ancestors, I'm going to stress it since they want. So um, not only does faith bring the receipt on the black feminist movement of the 1970s uh, when black men were drafted, thus removing them as top bread earners from impoverished, needy black families. Now remember back then we were having large families. There was no birth controls. Uh, black people were a labor population, so having lots of kids to labor and help, what, pick cotton, pick sugar, pick cane, or whatever they made us do, it was necessary. So black people were having large families. Okay, so you got these black women with all these children, and now you send the men off the war, and 
to fight a war that they did not create, and the ones who refused to go, like Muhammad Ali, the government says, you'll go to prison. So what did you think black men did? Most of them suited up and they went to war because black men already knew what the chain game was like, and nobody was going to volunteer for the chain game or the prison, whether it was prison or chain game, black people, life expectancy was not good behind bars. Yeah, a black man's life expectancy in the chain game and behind bars was not very good. So no black man wanted to find himself in a prison or in a southern chain game, not one. The horror stories were very well known. So back to my point, Faith in her video that um, black men, um, what's her video, is that um, um, that black men use feminism as an excuse to be cowards. She not only brings the receipts on the feminist movement of the 1970s um, that black women had to create for themselves because white women did not allow them to be a part of their feminist movement because white women had no love or like for black women that they saw as sexual competition, not only as sexual competition for their white men, but once black men uh, during the civil rights were allowed to freely have sex with white women without being lynched, they also began to be sexual competition for black women's own black men. So here you got this race of white women who hate the black woman based off of sexual competition. The black woman, the white woman being so spoiled felt like both white men and black men should 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 pick her first. In other words, over that nappy-headed mammy, you should want me first. I'm a white woman. I'm the white woman. I'm the put up on the pedestal white woman. So sure, nigger, you should want me over that nappy-headed mammy, that ugly monkey. Because that these are the names that black men and black women were called, okay? Yeah, this is what we were called back then. So this was the attitude of your of the white female back then. So she reveals also about the welfare and how black men criticizing black women for being forced out of need to get on it is so racially Hellenistic and narcissistically insidious. And that's me saying that it's racially. For black men to have the nerve to criticize an impoverished race of black women for needing to go on assistance now that her man, her black man, has been sent off to war to fight. And then for them to talk about black women being on welfare queens and we gold diggers and just all of this made-up made stuff when black men have never had no gold for us to dig. We've never had rich, wealthy black men. We've always had to work. We never got a chance to sit at home ever. Even during slavery, black women were forced to work as domestics, meaning they had to clean white women's houses. They had to raise white women's base, uh, uh, babies. Why? To bring in those extra coins and pennies because the black man was being given pennies as well. So the black man's pennies along with the black woman's pennies is how black families ate, and trust me, 
black families were not eating good at this time. They were not eating good. They were not dressing good. Many of them were not living good. Okay? Many, many, many of them were not living good. So she brings the receipts on that, so I've got the links to that video up in there. So um, I've got connect or reach out to me on my Twitter page. So I got my uh, twitter.com slash L underscore Shiloh 9, and we will tell our truth. So, yeah, we are going to tell our truth. So let me um, just, you know, hit this. Let me hit this. And um, this is going to be several parts, but um, let's just take a listen so you can kind of hear. Warren was saying, Warren Lance was saying, is that if you look at it, if you look at what's going on in this country, the black community of the black subculture is not a matriarch. Why well, I, I have been heretofore calling it a malformed matriarch, but it's not a matriarch. It is a gynocracy. And I told him that it that, that was brilliant because I had never thought about it that way. and never even considered it. And I told him that I would have to ponder on this, and I've been pondering on it for a few days now. And then something recently, a couple of videos that, that have come up recently, have actually enhanced what Warren Lance actually said. Uh, just yesterday, Obsidian put up a video talking about Hurt Bay, and there was a phrase he put in there that is a takeoff from Plessy versus Ferguson, the decision where where he said that black men do not have any rights that black women are bound to respect. The obsidian was talking about how black men black men feel about being rejected or being chosen or how they look or what other cat whatever category that black men feel that they have a right to have. Black women feel that they don't have to respect anything a black man does or anything a black man says or or anything, or how he feels, or his station in life. And after looking at it, and looking at these two pieces, I would have to agree. When do black women get the most angry, or black women and white men get the most angry? When black men do something that the white man or the black woman didn't allow, even from the beginning of this country, because uh, we look at, I look at something. Okay, let me stop there. Didn't allow. When do white men, notice that he keeps trying to make white men's dissatisfaction with black men be equal to black women's dissatisfaction with them. Come on now. Are white men having babies with these broke-ass black men? Or white men having to come home and the black man is telling her, I lost my job? Or white men having to deal with black men who, when he get paid on payday, he want to go to the sugar shack and the juke joint and spend up all the money, but Junior and, and, and Shay Shay and them need socks, underwear, shoes, and clothes for school, and the mama is trying to ask the black man, please break me off some money for my babies, please. He's like, woman, I ain't going to give you all my money. You, you, I work hard. I work hard. I got to come give you all my money. Yeah, you, you gave me all these babies. Yeah, yeah, give me all your money because I'm going to turn around and make sure the children that you have given me have what they need. Yeah, so what's all this what the black woman don't allow? 
The black woman has had to fight black men tooth and nail over what? Resources. Resources for who? For the white man? For the white woman? No, for the little black babies she done had by black men. Yeah, yeah. That's that that that's why black men and black women argue so much in their marriage. They were arguing over resources and black men once he got paid, he didn't want to give up his resources to the black women and children, but guess what? He wasn't abstaining from that sex. He'd come in after a hard day work or wherever he was working at and made sure he jumped black mammoth's bones and he kept her good and pregnant. Yeah, he wasn't trying to do no pull-out method. So them babies kept coming, but them babies were always the responsibility of the black woman, and it was the black woman who had to deal with the sadness and the low self-esteem of black children who would cry and complain, well, I can't go to school because I ain't got no shoes and the kids going to laugh at me. I'm tired of wearing uh, my big brother's hand-me-down clothes. You done sold these up 99 times. Mama, you can't sew them up no more. I can almost see through the fabric. Daddy didn't care about hearing those stories, but guess what? Mama had to hear them every day. Let's get back to this, 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 this. most 
have to bring more and more over here. So this is how black women start outnumbering black men because black men were being worked to death, and the ones who weren't being worked to death were being uh, uh, just picked up and kidnapped. They were being accused of loitering. Where are your papers? Show us you got a job. They didn't have a job. They were shipped off to chain gangs. They were shipped off to chain gangs. And if you want to see a, a movie that demonstrates that, go look at this movie called The Honey Dip, or I think it's The Honey Dip. It shows you how this young black man just disappeared. And he was shipped off to a chain gang. He had a fine. He couldn't pay his fine. And there he was. There he was. He, he was a musician or something. That happened to black men all day, every day long. And I'm talking about young, strong black men simply disappeared, their loved ones never to hear or see them again. So this is how white people stayed in power, and this is how the numbers of black female grew while black men diminished, okay? He's not going to bring that up, but that's what I'm here for, to bring it up for him. In trade, it was never done with words. It was always done with drawing, because teaching a black man to read or count or doing something in advance was dangerous. You put that in the hands of black women. Black men were trained to be beasts of burden, to be the labor class, and black women were trained to be the educated class. So why were they maids and domestics, huh, and, and, and nannies? That's the educated class, maids, domestic, and nannies, that's the educated class? Free who? It freed 
the black man and didn't free the I'm sorry, I got to back that up. I, I was over-talking. I was over-talking. Thank you for listening. Share the show. Thank you for listening. Those of you on the line, stay on the line. The show is going to be about another 10 minutes. It's not black women fighting back. It's black men trying to overthrow their rulers. If you think about it, if you just think about it, the civil rights movement in the 1960s freed who? It freed the black man. It didn't free the black woman. Eisenhower had already done that with a stroke of a pen when he desegregated the federal and state government, where women were allowed to take federal and state jobs. Even Monaghan pointed that out in his report, that the, the higher-level jobs were already taken by majority black females way back when. The higher-wage jobs back then are already taken by black women. That's the few that there were. I'm not saying that there was a lot, but the few that I got to stop that. That's not true. When they start allowing women to be in the workforce, the majority of those jobs went to white women, not black women, okay? Not black women. Trust me that that what he's saying is, you know, I see this is when you when someone is making a a a historical uh, uh, reference, what they need to do is give you a timeline by saying, okay, from the 1930s to the 1940s, this, that, that was going on. From the 1940s to the 1950s, this, that, that was going on. From the See, I wish he would put his, his, his comments in proper contact, context because then you would be able to see exactly where black people were at that time at that time, which he does not do. He just throws the information out there and leaves you to try to figure out, well, what timeline is he talking about? Because he's talking about a timeline where black women were being married to black men. You did not have a lot of black women running around unattached and unmarried because Christianity was still being strictly enforced. So to really be shacking up and all of that, um, really wasn't allowed, you know, if you was part of what, the black working class. Now, if you, like, was in the slave in the South, they had what you call common law marriage because white people really didn't recognize marriages between black slaves anyway, so they had common law marriage, and most black people were in some form of common law marriage. But um, what he's saying about black women having these high-paying jobs, that's just not true. They hired white women as secretaries long before they thought about hiring a couple. And remember, if they hire black women, they only got a couple. Black women are always the what? Minority in corporate America. It's always going to be one or two where there's going to be four, five, six, seven white women. So you know who's going to get mistreated? The black woman. She's going to always, and, and then white women are going to what? Be in human resource. So the black woman is still answering to who? White women. They were. Black men were restricted to what? The same thing that the Mohawk Conference was talking about. Trade, the blue-collar labor class. And really until recently, until the last, I would say, decade and a half perhaps, when most of the labor, manual labor jobs and the factory jobs actually 
were shipped out of the United States. I do believe, uh, as I look at the figures, that black men still had, as a, as a group, still had 65 to 70% of the labor class and 30% of the white-collar jobs, as, and which is the exact opposite for women. So these threads... Okay, I need to make another uh, comment. Well, he said, he said that the civil rights movement freed the black man and not the black woman. This is true. So how is an unfree black woman ruling over a nation of black men? How is an unfree black woman who is still the property? Because remember, coming out of slavery, black men's ideology had been shaped by white Christian and white Christian Christian patriarchy told black men that what? Women were property. So this was the mindset of black men. I don't care what his level. He could have been, uh, he, he could have had a little money. He could have been free. He could have been emancipated. But what he did agree with and believe in, based off white patriarchy, is that all women were property. So there wasn't no black man being ruled over by no black woman back then. Now, the only black women who got emancipated were the ones who, like Madam C.J. Walkers, who were smart enough to run brothels. That is how certain black women got money and didn't have to answer to a black man. She got a brothel. She got rich runnage. Well, I ain't saying rich. She got well-off running brothels. And therefore, she didn't need to answer to the average black man. Okay, so the Madam C.J. Walker, that's probably how she got her uh, 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 her money because madams were considered women who ran brothels, meaning places where men came and, uh, uh, you know, got them prostitutes. So trust me, it wasn't a whole lot of madams around a black madams in America. There might be in a few of them, but it wasn't a whole lot of them. So these would be your only black women, uh, a black woman with wealth and means who would not have to be subject to answering to your average black man. That is not the majority population of black women. Most black women were domestics. They were maids, and they answered to black men. Why? They really didn't have no other choice. He made more money than her. She had no other place to go. When they were kicked off the plantations, the black man and the black woman were sent out of the Garden of Eden, the plantation, together, hand in fucking hand. They ain't had nobody else. So that's why they leaned on each other more, because they didn't have nobody else. But as soon as some options were opened up for the black man, oh, you can see that his treatment of the black woman got detrimentally worse, and we'll get into that. Uh, got a few more seconds. I'm going to have to end the show. Thank everyone for listening. This is part one of what in the help me is uh, gynocracy, and we're going to continue this subject matter on gynocracy. Let's uh, continue to let this play. Even though it's, it's the Mohawk Conference was like 130 years ago, these particular threads still seem to dominate. Even when black women say they're the most educated, those threads that were formed 130, 150, 
dominate. You always educate your ruling class first. If you look at if you look at something like interracial marriage, interracial relationships between black men and white women, or sometimes even black men and other women, were strictly prohibited by force. Sometimes death with black men, whereas black women were free to have sex with as many white men as you could attract. Stop, not true. I've got a book called The Notorious Dr. Flippin. He was a black doctor in the 1800s. He married twice to white women, twice. The Notorious Dr. Flippin. This book is by forwarded by Harry A. Washington. This book is by Jamie Q. Tallman. Uh, did you know Coretta Scott King, the wife of Martin Luther King, her mama was a poor white woman. Poor white woman. White women were coming over here from Europe and snatching up any black man with wealth or education. If he had land, he was cool to mate up with. Oh, yes. Coretta Scott King's mother was white, meaning Martin Luther King's uh, wife, Coretta Scott King's white mother, was married to a black man named Ali or something like that. These are facts. So black men were marrying white women. The only time there was a problem with black men being with white women is when the nigger didn't never have no money. If you was poor, broke, and nobody, you couldn't have a white woman. But let you have some land and you was a freedman, yeah, white women were snapping them up. So once again, he's lying. He, he's lying once again. You know, I mean, my God, we've got to call these men out on these lies. We have to. And you can go look that up for Research Coretta Scott King's parents, and they will show you, because I had this picture. I put it on my Facebook page. I, I don't know how to find it because it, that was a long time ago, but there's a picture of him in his farm clothes, this black man and this white woman. This is Coretta Scott King's mother and father, okay? And I've got this book, The Notorious Dr. Flippin', a black man in the 1800s that they put on trial for killing a white girl, giving her an abortion. And they ruined his career. He was married to a white woman. It was acceptable. This is the hidden history that black men won't tell black women about. They want you to think that they was all getting lynched that uh, white men wasn't letting them nowhere near the white women. They'll keep telling you this. This is just not true. Black men, if they were successful, were allowed to marry black white women. And white women had no problem marrying these women because coming from Europe, they were, they were nobodies in Europe. They were nobodies. And so being that black people were indigenous to this land, White women marrying indigenous black men because we are not all Africans. So this lie that we all came from Africans, that's another lie to cover up that black people were already here and that we do have native indigenous blood and black white women came over here to marry native men the same way white men came over here to mate up with native women. Why? to have children because it was through the children they were going to lay claim to 
So white men having uh, babies by Native black women and white women wanting to have babies uh, by Native black men, they all came over here to have sex with Native indigenous people. Why? Because they was going to use those biracial children to say, oh, they are Native. They na-. And so today you see white people claiming Native American. How did they get that status? By having sex with Native black people, and then when they got their numbers up, they used the dog's rolls to say that black people weren't indigenous, that we were never Indians, we now black and Negro, and now white people and their biracial children are the true Native Americans. Just telling you, this is, this is what they did. This is what they did, and you and, and black men are keeping this secret. Black men know this, but you'll never hear them discuss it. You will not hear black men talk about this. Back there, there was, I, was, I, I wish I could find it again. There's a record of the first black millionaire, first black millionaire was a woman, and she didn't get her money by doing a trade or having a business. Yeah. 
has been a gynocracy within the black community for a very, very long time, which explains why all the derision and hurt when the black man wants to have a voice, which is why black women always talk about black men not building because your your slaves, your labor class is supposed to build for you, or going out and fighting the white man because your peasants or your underlings are supposed to go out and fight for, for you. Why? Because black men don't have any rights that black women are bound to respect. You see how they flip the, the, the statement that black men have no rights, that a white man is bound to respect. How can a black man build anything when he's a damn slave? Okay, it looks like, thank you, your episode is in the process, and it will be available. Okay. <laughs> 